Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Y'all, I'd like to welcome the fine folks of Remington Firearms to the state of Georgia, where I broadcast. They're moving their headquarters. You know, somebody told me, uh, what is it, Smith & Wesson's moving to Texas? Remington's moving to Georgia? Is it SIG is moving to, to Tennessee? So one of them. A lot of the major firearm manufacturers are moving south. It's their natural fits, and, and left-wing attorneys general around the nation are coming after them, so they might as well go to safe southern states. I wish more would come to Georgia because uh, Microsoft and Google and Amazon are expanding their tech workforces in Georgia. And, I, you know, everybody has a conspiracy. Everybody has a conspiracy theory. Some people do not admit their conspiracy theories. I have a conspiracy theory that these major tech companies are expanding in red states in order to make them blue. It's my conspiracy theory. There's no proof. There's no evidence. But I'm convinced of it. They would love to tip Georgia blue. You see, for years, Republicans in states like Georgia, not just Georgia, but a lot of states, they decided to use your taxpayer dollars to attract the Fortune 500 from their existing states. And in Georgia, uh, the Republican governors of the past did this. They would attract Fortune 500 companies to Georgia with all their woke employees. And guess what? Suddenly the state's a swing state because you brought in all these wokes, the metro Atlanta area. Uh, you know, I so I've got a listenership in Atlanta that that is actually more diverse than probably people realize. Got a lot of black listeners in Atlanta, uh, and there are two issues for which they uh, listen to me. One is education, and the other is this whole gentrification issue, and it lights them up. A lot of black citizens in the metro Atlanta area who can't afford to stay in their neighborhoods because the young whites have moved in and driven up the costs. And now the property values have gone up. And it's actually a shame that there are uh, historically black neighborhoods that are turning very white across the country because the young tech entrepreneurs are moving in for Amazon and Microsoft and Google. And they're buying the houses. They're fixing them. And they certainly are nice. And they, they got the right to do it. I'm not saying they shouldn't. But it's it's killing certain communities in, in urban areas around the country. As, as they gentrify and become very white uh, and the property values go up so much that the poor black families that have lived there for generations no longer can. And I don't know what you do about it. I, I really don't because, you know, it, it's good for the cities that the property values are increasing. It's good for the cities, actually, that as the property values increase and the houses get fixed up, crime goes down in these areas. But there are a lot of families that have lived there for a very long time, multi-generational families, and they got to pack up and move out because they can no longer afford to live there. And that's kind of sad. You lose that legacy wisdom, institutional knowledge of areas when the families that have lived there for three, four, five generations have to go because they can't afford to live there anymore. That's just, that's sad to me. But it's also great progress. There are lots of neighborhoods in Atlanta where you used to not be able to go because you would get shot. And now it's a bunch of skinny jeans, clad flannel shirt in the summer wearing hipsters who live there. Uh, and they're starting to have families. And they're 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 making other liberals. That's all right. Be fruitful and multiply. But nonetheless, I digress. I move on. 
Democrats are having all sorts of problems dealing with these issues. One of these is the schools. I got to read this to you. I thought this was a joke, but it's a very real thing. It's Monica Osborne writing in Newsweek. California is, of course California is, planning to demathematize math. Yeah, let me read that to you again. They're planning to demathematize math. The spotlight is once again on the state of California and its proposed new mathematics framework for grades K through 12. The proposed framework would demathematize math and encourage the youth of use of a trauma-informed pedagogy. As an open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom signed by more than 900 professors of math and science from across California put it, the framework rejects the idea of natural or innate giftedness among children and discourages allowing, allowing students to be placed into accelerated courses even if they mastered the material covered in the course. It would be a disaster. No doubt this effort to level the playing field stems from a noble desire. Learning to solve the problems that result in societal inequities is important. But the fact is, replacing the teaching of actual math with lessons or pedagogies grounded in the work of social justice is an injustice. It's not justice to force students of vastly different mathematical or other learning capabilities to consume the same material in the same way when we know that learning needs differ from child to child. In other words, in California... They want to do what New York has tried to do and what other states have tried to do, and that is eliminate gifted programs and eliminate the needs for kids to understand basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. Remember years ago when they tried to make abonics a thing and that it was just uh, black grammar? That let's not teach these kids good grammar. We'll call it white grammar, and they can have their bad grammar so that they cannot function in, at a high level in society but we'll tell them it's okay. What's going on here? And, and you need to really understand this. What's really happening right now in education in America is the white progressives who have dominated and controlled it have failed. They cannot admit their failures. So what they will now do is claim that it's the system itself that's a failure. And they're going to move on to make it equitable. It's very much like the Biden administration and COVID. They can't admit we're never going to get rid of COVID and just land the plane on, on a different runway. So we got to st still keep masks and vaccine mandates and everything else uh, because they can't admit they failed. Progressives cannot admit they've screwed up American education. And so they've got to blame all sorts of other things. And the latest is the standardized test. Standardized tests are to blame for your kid's lack of education because they're racist, because black kids do worse. We're not going to conclude that the school's black kids are going to are bad because that would be a damning indictment of school administrators. No, no, it's the tests that are the problem. And now, of course, because some kids get ahead and go into gifted programs in these public schools, we got to go after them. Now, this has caused backlash, I'm sorry, white lash, according to the media, across the nation for getting rid of gifted programs. Now, I, I know this may come as a shock to some of you. I don't mean to upset you. But some kids are smarter than other kids. And on average, do you know which kids are the smartest? 
this is this is this is this is where they get you. I'm I'm going to I'm going to open open a window and let in the air of truth. Kids who have a mom and dad at home outperform generally all other kids. Asian Americans tend to have the least amount of divorce and the most active parents involved in their households, in their kids' education. Black parents tend to have the highest rate of single parenting and the least amount of engagement in their child's education. And I'm not blaming them. A lot of this has to do with government that disincentivized families staying together and caused generations of families to break apart with an overly generous social safety net where you no longer needed to have a two-parent nuclear household. And it hit very hard in the black community for a lot of reasons. And today, instead of pointing to the fact that it was government policies that failed and disincentivized it, we're supposed to scream about systemic racism because it makes people feel better to scream about systemic racism because then they don't have to admit that their life's work was a failure. So much of the conversation that we're having right now in the country about systemic racism and critical theory and the like and and what's racist and what's not all stems from white people, white progressives in particular, screwing up people's lives and not having the humility to admit they got it wrong. So now what are the white progressives doing? Well, we have a real problem in this country and that a lot of white kids go to public schools now. A lot of liberal white kids from liberal white families go to public schools because they were told private schools are racist. But their kids are being held behind and could do more, so they were moved into gifted programs. They were moved into programs that have dual enrollment with colleges. And now that's bad because it's allowing those white kids and Asian kids to get ahead. So the left wants to get rid of that. Not only do they want to get rid of that, they want to get rid of even academic learning. They want to get rid of mathematics. Instead of teaching two plus two equals four, they will teach that one Indian tribe plus one Indian tribe does not equal one group of Spanish conquistadors who racistly slaughtered them. That's what they'll do. That's how you'll earn your math. It's not going to get you a job. Well, it'll get you a job at State Street Global Advisors, which no longer can hire white people. They're going to be left with these kids who don't know how to read, write, or do math, but uh, they know that there's their systemic racism in society. We're just creating another generation of victims. This is terrible. And by the way, I don't know, and I know a lot of black moms and dads, and they listen to this program, and I don't know a single one of them, don't know a single one of them who is happy about this stuff. They want their kids to have the best education, and instead, they're getting a bunch of platitudes from a bunch of white progressives telling them that their kids are perpetual victims of a bunch of white kids, and let's not teach your kids anything, and oh, by the way, the standardized tests you need to get into college, they're racist too, so let's get rid of them. My gosh, people have lost their minds. And I don't know if you've noticed what happened in Virginia, but education was a big issue. It wasn't critical theory per se. It 
was everything. It was parents feeling like their kids are getting a terrible education and the teachers and teachers unions and the school administrators are punishing the care, the kids and the parents who do the right thing. In Northern Virginia, they went after parents who during school shutdowns were hiring tutors so their kids didn't fall behind. Those parents were to blame. Republicans have got to take care of this issue. Republicans are finally winning on the issue of education. School choice is a no-brainer. You know, if I were a billionaire, I will never be, I don't even aspire to be a billionaire. I know billionaires. I, I have several friends of mine who are billionaires. They're very nice people. And I think that they have some of the most screwed up families I've ever seen. I would like to be a multimillionaire. I would like to do very, very well in radio and have a house on the beach in Hilton Head and a house in the North Georgia mountains near Lake Burton that has a river running through it so I can go fly fish without having to leave my property. Would love to do that and to be able to fly private on priority jet all the time so I don't get yelled at while I'm peeing at the Hartsfield-Jackson Two Dead Mirrors International Airport. But nonetheless, whether I get there or not, I don't want to be a billionaire because I have found that really rich people have the most screwed up families. I, I, I struggle to think of the rich people I know, and I know a lot of really rich people, and I struggle to think of the ones who don't have screwed up families, and it's very hard. That level of money just does something to distort your family and your reality. But if I were a billionaire and I had not destroyed my family in the process, I would be writing fat checks to private schools around the country to set up scholarships for underprivileged kids to come to the private schools and get them out of the public schools. I would be endowing private schools, uh, classical education schools around the country so that poor kids from the community could come get a great education, a classics-based education. And you know, there are some billionaires out there who are doing just that. There are some really rich people who have decided that's what they need to do. They need to help rescue the poor kids from the failing public schools where the wokes now can't admit they screwed up education. They can't admit that what they did in the schools was bad. And so instead, what they're doing now is they're punishing poor kids by getting rid of standardized tests, getting rid of standards, getting rid of education and getting rid of the gifted program so that those who can get ahead do get ahead. You know, I was in the gifted program when I was in high school. And every afternoon, you would go with the gifted teacher and you would learn different stuff, more logic and puzzle solving and stuff like that. Just get your brain thinking differently about stuff. And it was fun. I didn't do it for long. It was only my senior year because I transferred in from Dubai in 10th grade and it took a while to get there and get adjusted. But I did it. And a lot of schools are saying it's racist to do that. Except, you know, I was in a gifted program with a boy from the Philippines and a girl from a trailer that had no running water. Poor black family with a prodigy child who's gone on to do very well in life. And then there was me, the, the white kid. But the left is convinced that the gifted programs, and they've got the data to show it, are mostly Asian and white. And they're not asking why that is. Because if they did, they would have to acknowledge that they themselves have screwed up the education system so badly that it has harmed black children. Instead, they want to rail on systemic racism so that they don't have to be held accountable for screwing things up. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. First Liberty's website is firstlibertyga.com. Anywhere in the nation that you are, First Liberty can help your business become a big business. We're talking access to loans seven figures and up. 
A lot of banks are saying no to folks right now. Uh, They want to say yes to your business. So reach out to them if you need help. Again, firstlibertyga.com. Well, I got to play Greta Thunberg. She's out and she's not happy about COP26. What is COP26? That's the, the climate change thing the Queen of England held over in Scotland where everybody flew in on their private jet, 400 private jets for people who really care about climate. Thank you, everyone, for coming. What a great day. It is not a secret that COP26 is a failure. It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. And more and more people are starting to realize this. Many are starting to ask themselves, what will it take for the people in power to wake up? But let's be clear, they are already awake. They know exactly what they are doing. They know exactly what priceless values they are sacrificing to maintain business as usual. The leaders are not doing nothing. They are actively creating loopholes and shaping frameworks to benefit themselves and to continue profiting from this destructive system. This is an active choice by the leaders to continue to let the exploitation of people and nature and the destruction of present and future living conditions to take place. The COP has turned into a PR event where leaders are giving beautiful speeches and announcing fancy commitments and targets while behind the curtains the governments of the global north countries are still refusing to take any drastic climate action. It seems like their main goal is to continue to fight for the status quo. <laughs> Good! Good! You should all be happy. Greta Dunberg is not ha- She's never happy, but she's in, like, double scowl mode. <sighs> she's just, she's a very unhappy person. But here's the problem with these climate change activists. If they really believe this and they really think we've got less than 10 years to act, when do they become violent? You know, they're starting to. Another rail line in the United States was sabotaged to prevent tanker cars carrying oil to travel on them. This is happening more and more. We're about to see this go to a new age as these people really think they've got 10 years left or we're all going to die and they're going to take matters into their own hands. You watch, this is going to be an unpleasant time with these environmental activists and all it's going to do is create backlash for them. And I'm okay with the backlash because this is all crazy talk from them. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Rudy has been waiting very patiently on the phone. Welcome to the program, Rudy. Uh, It's great to be here, Eric. Thanks for calling in. What's going on? Uh, the thought is, is we're spending too much time screaming what they're doing makes no sense instead of asking, why are they doing what they're doing? The reason for the vaccine mandate, ignoring things like uh, natural immunity and stuff, is it's not really about the vaccine. It's The goal is to quickly get people to quit, federal service, uh, military, police departments, and other jobs because they're not doing the vaccine thing. So the vacancies that they create can be filled by the managers who are currently woke. Uh, Back in uh, Obama's time, they changed all the performance standards of the senior managers in federal service uh, to include, you know, all sorts of uh, criteria 
that uh, are a little bit more woke. And now all they need is to allow a whole bunch of openings to happen so those guys can fill up the ranks. And then it won't matter who's president or who's running the Congress because you'll have the the big services able to slow down whatever work the new administration is trying to push through. Oh, and we've already got that to some degree. That's an interesting theory, Rudy. Now, there's there's one catch in that. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks very much for that idea there. Uh, the problem, though, is that there's just, there aren't enough people out there for jobs. I mean, they can, they can make all the vacancies they want, and they're just not um, – they're just not – uh, able to um, fill those jobs. They're just not able to hire people. There's just no one there. And businesses are struggling. You know, I was talking, I, and I mentioned this before, I, I know a number of restaurateurs in my area, and they've all been talking about trying to find good help. But I was talking the other day to a bank president who is trying to find managers for some local bank branches and said, there's just nobody out there looking for jobs and nobody out there competent to be hired. Even at that management level, they can't find people with the skill set. And it's the, the worker crisis here is, is expansive, but there, you know, there are other problems out there as well. I, I got to read for you a couple of articles. I, I've been saving these. And because I, I got time to get there, I, I, there are three headlines. This is first from Politico. Here's the first headline. The Democratic Senate majority was already dicey. Then came Virginia. A favorable map is not going to be enough to save Senate Dems, but they might get help from a few tarnished GOP candidates. And essentially, they're saying guys like Herschel Walker and, and a few others uh, may may be able to help them by costing the Republicans elections they otherwise should have. Whether or not that's the case or not, I don't know. Keep in mind, there are a lot of Republicans who sometimes will win these big wave elections who maybe not otherwise would have won. And a lot of Republicans are thinking, you know, Herschel Walker could be one of those guys. He might in a normal year have some issues against Warnock, given the stories out there. But in a wave year, he could coast through. Now, the problem for the Republicans is that some of the recruits aren't coming through. So Chris Sununu, the governor of uh, New Hampshire, was the top GOP recruit for the Senate against Maggie Hassan. Uh, he has beaten her in every poll that's come out. And he is going to stay governor. Now, that was headline number one. Here's headline number two. This is from Stu Rothenberg at Roll Call. For Democrats, the future goes from bad to worse. Let me read you a little bit of this. Democrats better hope things are darkest before the dawn because they now face a series of challenges that combine to offer a bleak near-term future for their party. As I argued three weeks ago, two trends were preparing to collide in Virginia. Democrats' growing strength in the Commonwealth and in a handful of increasingly influential suburbs, and the midterm dynamic, which favors the party not controlling the White House. I suggested that the outcome would likely tell us something about 2022. Well, the results from Virginia and even more from New Jersey delivered nothing but bad news for Democrats. In the Virginia governor's race, Republican Glenn Youngkin won by two points just a year after Joe Biden carried the state by 10 points. In New Jersey, Long-shot Republican former Assemblyman Jack Ciattarelli came within three points of unseating the state's sitting governor, Democrat Phil Murphy. Democrats also lost control of the Virginia House of Delegates. Yes, there were local factors at play, but the results confirmed that the midterm dynamic was much stronger this year than were the fundamental trends in both states. That's great news for the Republicans. 
That's headline number two for Democrats. The future goes from bad to worse. And now headline number three from Charlie Cook at National Journal. Democrats' struggles have little to do with legislation. The results in Virginia and New Jersey last week speak to more systemic problems in the party. Now let me read you a little Charlie Cook. One might think that the thunderbolt of election results last Tuesday would convince Democrats that they have some serious problems. Apparently not. Cadre of Democrats seem to believe their losses stem from the internal yet very public party dysfunction over getting the infrastructure and reconciliation bills through Congress. Now, they hope, with the former headed to President Biden's desk and the latter possibly soon to follow, surely the political winds will shift in their favor. That's unlikely. Losing all three congressional offices, constitutional offices and their majority in the House of Delegates in purple trending blue Virginia was bad enough. In many ways, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy's close call and the state Senate president losing to a truck driver whose campaign budget was apparently in four figures is even more damning. But the problems were not limited to those states. As Matt Visor, Cleve Wooston, and Katrina Elwood wrote in Monday's Washington Post, quote, while President Barack Obama provided a glue for the party in 2008 and 2012, and the animosity towards President Donald Trump brought all factions together in 2016 and 2020, the party of 2021 often functions more like a collection of smaller tribes spanning an ideological spectrum from socialism to centrism. More direct and undoubtedly more chilling for Democrats was the headline of my National Journal colleague Josh Crashauer's most recent Against the Grain column titled Democrats Fear Political Wipeout in Next Year's Midterms. Now, those are the three headlines. They come from a variety of sources that Democrats read. They are Hill sources. They are they are the, the inside the beltway machinations, rumor mongering and thinking of top strategists and analysts in politics. And all of them are expecting doom for the Democrats next year. The Democrats themselves are starting to prepare for doom as well. But I want to focus on the title of Charlie Cook's piece. Democrats' struggles have little to do with legislation. Jen Rubin, the idiot in the Washington Post, who used to be a conservative, who now has staked out every position twice in opposite directions, she had a piece, I think, yesterday saying if only the Virginia election were this week instead of last week. Imagine the results. In other words, this woman with the IQ of the stuff you flush down the toilet thinks that had the Virginia election happened a week later after the infrastructure bill was passed, Terry McAuliffe would have won. Only someone so inside the beltway that they have no grounding in reality could say something like that. The problem the Democrats have is summed up in the audio I played for you the other day. This was from CNN to MSNBC. This was the takeaway the day after the election. Glenn Youngkin played the race card for a reason because he knows it works on 
certain white voters. He did stoke white grievance politics to mobilize the Republican base. He's laundered Trump's really sort of disgusting, flagrant out-racism. Yep. He's wrapped it in education. Yep. Education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. That's the fundamental problem for these parents and this anti-CRT movement. They don't like the way whiteness is being portrayed in these new, more inclusive lessons. Yeah. This I, I can stop there. That goes on for two minutes, 14 seconds. The problem for Democrats, and I mean this candidly, seriously, as someone who's run campaigns, as someone who's been on the winning end and the losing end, in wave years and, and anti-wave years, wave years that went against my wave, I'm telling you, when you begin to convey your contempt for the voter, you begin to lose. Now, as someone who was elected, full disclosure, I have a lot of contempt for voters. Voters are stupid people. Stupid people vote. And then you get the politicians we get. America deserves the politicians it has because the stupid people voting elect them. People are stupid. People are voters. Voters are stupid. I get it. I understand having contempt for voters. I was there as an elected official. I get it. I'm not an elected official now. And when I was an elected official, well, okay, I actually had contempt for the, the idiots then as well. Those of you who want to win re-election, I couldn't have cared less. I hated the job. I wasn't even going to run again. Those of you who are going to try to win, you can't actually act like you think the voters are stupid. You have to pretend like they are the paragons of virtuousness. The problem is that there are a lot of people in the country right now who actually are alarmed at what's going on in the country culturally. And the Democrats treat those people with open disdain. And that's not a recipe for success. In Virginia, Terry McAuliffe lost because Terry McAuliffe had the audacity to tell people repeatedly that they should play no role in their kids' education. And if they thought that education, that, that or critical theory was in Virginia schools, then they were racist that it was a racist dog whistle, and any parent who was concerned about critical theory in the schools was a racist. Well, critical theory is in the schools. I know Brianna Killer on CNN says it's not, but it is. And the parents, progressive liberal parents who are concerned about it, they're definitely not racist. Neither are the conservative parents. But McAuliffe called all that. McAuliffe expressed contempt at the voters. And then what did the Democrats do the next day? They blamed the voters and called the voters racist. You don't win elections calling voters stupid. That's why I wasn't going to run for re-election, because voters really aren't stupid, but you're not supposed to say it. And you sure as hell cannot say that the voters are racist. The part of the problem that, well, the big problem Democrats have right now is that culturally, they believe anyone who disagrees with them is a racist. And the overwhelming 99% of the people who disagree with them, they're not racist. They just have concerns that are real-world pocketbook concerns about what's going on in society right now, inflation, the cost of gas. You know, on MSNBC yesterday, they were saying, well, the president really can't do anything to control the cost of gas. Yes, the president can. His regulations, his expansion of drilling or lack thereof, the president, this president, canceled drilling leases and increased regulation, drove up the cost of drilling. It's amazing how the Democrats want to deny this stuff right now. They treat voters with contempt. 
They think voters are racist. They think voters don't know what's good for themselves, and the Democrats do. And you can believe that's true. Listen, I, I really was an elected official for four years, and the number of constituents who would come up to me in the grocery store to complain about stuff, they had no idea what they were talking about. They really had no idea, and they were upset about stuff. I get it. I really do. But you, if you care about winning elections, you can't treat them with the utter disdain I would as an elected official. I hate humanity. Individually, you're all awesome. I want you all to understand this very clearly. Individually, I think you are all brilliant and awesome. But collectively, when you get together, you're all stupid people. It, it's the nature of the herd. All herds are stupid people. Even if you individually are a prodigy, you're Albert Einstein. You get Albert Einstein and a group of other people and he becomes stupid too. The Democrats, though, they act like all of you individually are stupid and they hate you all. And they can't win an election like that. And I understand their frustration. I don't agree with it, but I've been in politics enough, running races as a candidate, as someone who got elected to office, I at least can empathize with their situation. They believe the world needs to work in a particular way. And they see that as the path forward for the nation. And all of you disagree with them, and they're convinced of the righteousness of their cause. They forgot the rule I always told candidates when I was running campaigns. Know when you're in the minority, even when you think you're right. The Democrats have convinced themselves they're right and convinced themselves of the majority. And now that they realize they're not, they can't help but be disgusted by the voters. Which is why Charlie Cook is right. It doesn't matter what legislation the Democrats pass or not. They have philosophical, cultural problems that they have to deal with in order to win. And they're so into the mainstream media, which is so into the Democrats, they can't even begin to process the way out of their predicament because the media just affirms them and also blames the voter. Until they realize they've got to get out of that echo chamber and maybe go tour America, they're going to be stuck. Now, I don't want you to be stuck with a crap cell phone carrier. You know, Patriot Mobile, it uses the towers all the other companies use, but they're not woke. They're Christian. They're conservative. They give their money to pro-life causes, to Second Amendment causes. They support the Second Amendment. They want to do business with you, and you should want to do business with a company like them that doesn't think you're stupid, that actually thinks you're a wonderful, smart human being because you're also culturally conservative and a Christian. They share your values. And so if you want to move your business, you can port your current cell phone number over. You can take your unlocked cell phone number over, or you can get a new You can get a new cell phone. You can get a new number. You can do it with Patriot Mobile and get free activation with my name. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you go to 972-PATRIOT. Call them. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. You're not calling Mumbai when you call 972-PATRIOT. You're calling somebody in the United States of America. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. To make it really easy, to go. To make it really easy though, go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and tell them I sent you. Get free activation and do business with a company that shares your values. You can sleep well at night with Patriot Mobile. Oh my gosh, Dr. Oz, yes, that Dr. Oz, <sighs> he may run for the Senate in Pennsylvania as a Republican. Sean Parnell is in that race. He's got some baggage. He's got some issues, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm disturbed by the recruiting efforts.
I wonder how soon the Republicans turn on Rick Scott. He's the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee who's looking for recruits. He's lost Chris Sununu. Uh, they can't find anybody good in Pennsylvania. They're struggling in Arizona. You got that Blake Masters guy out there running stolen election ads. He's, I, y'all, I'm deeply suspicious of Peter Thiel. So you got J.D. Vance, who I find to be an intriguing candidate, and then Blake Masters in Arizona. And it's, I mean, these are guys who have taken diametrically opposed positions to where they are now uh, only a few years ago. And then you've got Peter Thiel backing them all, and that just makes me suspicious. The uh, libertarian, I, I heard somebody tell me he went to a dinner a couple of weeks ago and said that he was a now a, a converted Christian from atheist to Christian, which is great. But this friend says, but he didn't want to talk about his boyfriend. I, I, I'm, I'm concerned when billionaires find a bunch of candidates to run. Uh, we should be concerned when George Soros does it. We should be concerned when Peter Thiel does it particularly candidates who want to advance a an agenda that's anathema to conservatism, but they're running as conservative. They're pro-union, uh, pro-government involvement in corporations. I, that, no, you don't want to go down that road. It opens the door. There are more progressives than there are conservatives in America. Socially, there really are. Yes, we are a socially conservative nation, but people tend to vote Democrat more often than Republican, and you don't want to open the door to that sort of stuff and then have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez empowered to impose her will on the rest of us. We've got to be smart about this. And I'm afraid so many people have gotten so emotional in postmodern America, they're making some serious mistakes and the NRSC can't find good candidates to run for office. They should. This environment's going to be great for the GOP. Everybody should be running for office as a Republican. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 